Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, fellow travelers. I'm Lori Gottlieb. I'm the author of Maybe You Should Talk to Someone, and I write the Dear Therapist Advice column for The Atlantic. And I'm Guy Winch. I wrote Emotional First Aid, and I write the Dear Guy column for TED. And this is Dear Therapists. This week... A woman copes with her husband's infidelity. It has come out in therapy that the relations have been with men. However, my husband is very closed off and kind of just wants it to go away. Listen in and maybe learn something about yourself in the process. Dear Therapists is for informational purposes only, does not constitute medical advice and is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician, mental health professional, or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. By submitting a letter, you are agreeing to let iHeartMedia use it, in part or in full, and we may edit it for length and or clarity. Hey, Guy. Hi, Lori. So what do we have today? Well, we have a really compelling letter, so let me get right to it. Dear Therapists, I recently discovered that my husband has been secretly meeting up with men for sex. I discovered this about two months ago when I found a secret email account that contained messages with multiple men over the entire course of our seven-year relationship. Before that, I had slowly discovered pieces of this hidden life starting in August with messages to a woman. It sent me into a frenzy, looking through emails and trying to uncover his unfaithfulness. I asked him about things I found and it was one line after another. I had already known he had cheated and messaged women during our relationship, and those were still hurts, not healed. But now men. I am shocked. I try to forgive and trust him, but there is so much anger and tension between us. He snaps at me if I ask where he's been, if I ask about spam emails that are soliciting sex, if he has been seeing anyone when he comes home late. I don't trust him. Our fights have increased, and so has our mutual dislike. I want to try to save our marriage, but I don't know if that's possible given how much hurt there is. He states that I'm out of control, crazy, unreasonable. He has no empathy for what I'm going through, 
When I get upset and cry about it, he says I'm selfish and throwing a fit. I'm at a loss for what to do. I need my husband, but he isn't there. He's built so many walls he won't let me in. Our relationship is also complicated by the fact that we are military, living overseas, and are away from the support of family and friends. I can't discuss it with anyone close to me or my husband, because I still care about his character and the image he wants to display. The mental health support that is available to us is limited. We just recently found a therapist to speak to, but he isn't even honest with her about his affairs with men, and I don't feel it's my right to share that information, but I need to talk to someone. That is the only therapist available to us here. I am left with all this baggage and no one to unload it to. I don't know. I wonder if I'm out of control, if I'm crazy. I have thought about leaving, but I don't want to leave to be dramatic. If I leave the relationship, I will be truly leaving for good. I'm so emotionally exhausted and defeated. Please help. Elena. Wow. That is quite a tough situation. And I think what strikes me most about it is that this woman is in so much emotional pain and has been for a while now. Yeah, it's so common for people to wait when they feel the first sign of pain and they don't generally get into our offices until the pain becomes unbearable. And and it sounds like that's why she wrote to us now. So let's talk about the situation she's in because this has been going on for the entire length of the relationship. He doesn't sound like he's interested in stopping the behavior. He's incredibly defensive about discussing it. We see this all the time where people come in and somebody's had an affair and I'm always looking to see how willing the person who had the affair is to talk about what happened. And what strikes me about her letter is that her husband doesn't seem willing at all to address what's going on. And in fact, he's sort of gaslighting her. He's making her sound crazy for having a big emotional reaction to something that is really traumatic. And he's acting like she's the problem. And I think so often people do that because... They have so much shame around what they've done, and so they have to turn it around on somebody else. And she's in this really difficult position because not only is he doing that to her, but she's so isolated where they're overseas, they're not near any family or friends. And so she's starting to question her own reality. I think that's one of the most unfortunate aspects of what's going on here. The thing about affairs is we've both worked with many couples who've repaired their relationship after an affair and truly gone on to thrive. It's absolutely doable. And one of the basic ingredients you need for that is for the person who's been doing the cheating to at least take responsibility, at least be open-minded in hearing the anger, the pain, whatever they've caused emotionally to the other person and to really work to rebuild trust, to reconnect, to renegotiate. And there's nothing here that indicates any kind of willingness like that on her husband's part. I agree with that to the point that she's colluding with his dishonesty with the therapist, that she doesn't feel comfortable telling the therapist about this new piece of information that that she discovered a few months ago about his affairs with men. And I think she's so trying to protect him. It's interesting, too, that he's not hiding his affairs with women from the therapist, or at least it doesn't seem so, but he's hiding his affairs from men. And people tend to keep things secret from their therapist when they don't want to change. Because once they put that thing out there, they know they're going to have to make some changes. And 
I would guess that he's really struggling with what would happen if he talked about his attraction to men. Sometimes when you see somebody who's dealing with a lot of shame, what they do is they compartmentalize. They put it in a box and almost section it off from their daily lives. They don't look at it themselves. They don't think about it. And that's why he's not willing to look or think about it with her, because he hasn't been able to do that probably with himself either. So I'm actually eager to speak with her. Yeah, let's go talk to her. You're listening to Dear Therapists from iHeartRadio. We'll be back after a quick break. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does, or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Dear Therapist today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Dear Therapists. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. I'm Lori Gottlieb. And I'm Guy Winch. And this is Dear Therapists. Hi, Elena. Hi, Elena. Hi. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. What a painful situation you're in. Could you give us a little bit of a snapshot of where things are now? Yeah, of course. So it has come out that the relations have been with men. The therapist has tried to kind of open up that subject and discuss it in further detail. However, my husband is very closed off. He kind of just wants it to go away. He doesn't want to discuss it in detail. He acknowledges that it happened, yet he doesn't want to talk about it. He just kind of wants to forget about it. Elena, I'm wondering how you guys got to therapy in the first place. Was that your idea and he was open to it or was he resistant to going to therapy? We both had discussed therapy. However, given our situation with being overseas, it was very difficult to find um, 
help. I was the one to call. I had told him we need to go to counseling. You know, what are you doing to help the relationship? What are you doing to try? He was never making the phone calls. He was never trying to find help for us. And that was all on my part. How did it come up? this part about him having affairs with men, because it sounded like that was a secret before. And I'm wondering which of you brought that up in therapy. So we see the therapist together, and then she suggested seeing us individually. And so I was driving him to work one day, and he said, hey, I know you have your therapy session this morning. I think that it's important that you mention that the affairs are with men. I was like, are you sure that's not something that you want to tell? And he's like, it doesn't really matter. I think it's going to come out sooner or later. So, you know, if you want to say it now, it's fine. And so that's how that came out. So he couldn't even really face saying it to the therapist himself. He he needed you to do that for him. Yeah, even in my therapy session, and I was very held back. And I was still like, oh, should I say it? Should I not say it? And I was like, you know what? This is really what's going on. Now you know. And I think, uh, and then when he went into his session later, then he knew that that had already been divulged and so maybe was more comfortable talking about it. You must have felt such relief having that out there. Yeah, because I haven't talked with this about anyone. Like, literally, I have not, I have not spoke to my family about it, my best friends. I mean, no one. And to be able to finally tell someone, like, this is what I found out. I found these emails. I found this phone conversation. These separate accounts, like, for seven years, yeah, was such a relief, but also a lot to work through as well. Has he expressed that he wants to stop having these kinds of affairs with men and with women? Has he express that intention very, very clearly that I won't do this or I'm going to try not to do this anymore. What is he thinking the relationship needs to be able to repair itself? That is a very tough question. (laughs) I don't know how to answer that because he views sex and affairs in such a different light than I do. And he's expressed in our conversations that if I were to go have sex with someone, then, you know, good for me. I'm enjoying myself. It's just sexual. So it's more or less that I see it wrong. And so therefore, because I see it wrong, then he's willing to change the behavior. Not necessarily that it's inappropriate or anything like that. Yeah, so he has a different standard and ethic and value about having sex uh, than you do. I'm asking this question again. He has said specifically, therefore I will not have any outside sex again? Correct, yes. He stated that. Now, since this has all come out and we've been in therapy, I've found messages again to other women So not men in this case are not meeting up physically, but that same messaging, sexting, seeking that validation through other means. It sounds like this new information about what's been going on for the last seven years was a surprise to you, but that there were other affairs that also went on. And I'm wondering 
how you guys talked about those, you keep saying he just wants it all to go away. And I wonder mm-hmm. how you handled it in the past. And also when you're in therapy, if he just wants it to go away, then what does he think you're doing in therapy? So you're trying to talk about this big thing going on in your relationship, which is this lack of trust, these different ideas about what the rules are in the marriage. So what happens in that moment when the two of you are there with a the therapist? So when it's just him and I, then there's that wall built, that avoidancy of him not talking about it, shutting down, refusing to discuss it, and eventually he'll leave the home. Or the other side where he's angry and super defensive, and I'm asking, you know, you came home late, where were you? You didn't answer your phone, your phone was shut off, and him becoming super defensive. The the other side of it is when we're in therapy, it's like, a switch like he'll talk about it and he'll say he feels attacked or he feels like he's disgusting or he feels that I find him disgusting kind of working through how he feels and and putting those feelings onto how I see him even though I don't see him as disgusting or shameful it's just shocking You say that your fights have increased and so has your mutual dislike. So I'm curious about what does work between the two of you? What are the strengths of the relationship? What are the things that are allowing you to have stayed for as long as you have? Okay, well, he's a super fun person. You know, he's the type of person that anyone can connect with. He's funny. He loves to tell jokes. He's intelligent. Those are qualities about him, but I'm wondering what what are the things that he offers to you in the relationship other than the pleasure of his company? Other things that he offers to me? Yes. I mean, I guess I don't know if I'm just caught off guard there or if I just can't really comment on it. <laughs> Look, part of the questions that we have, Elena, is what's keeping you in the relationship? You know, I think it's, uh, I mean, I don't know. Honestly, what it is, is my love for him. I don't know. You know, we all have that, like, we're going to fix him or this brokenness. Like, I'm just going to love him enough that he sees what true love is, I feel like maybe that's part of it. You know, like if I love him enough, then maybe he'll realize that this is a toxic behavior. It's very obviously unhealthy. Well, right. I understand you feel, well, if I just stick in there and and love the person enough, then they'll come around in some kind of way. There's a lot of around that needs to be happening here. It's a big arc what we're talking about. As much as you're paying attention to what's going on with him, are you paying attention to what's going on with you? No, like I think that I have lost a huge part of myself. I remember the first time that I found the first messages to a girl. And I remember just bawling and being so hurt and shocked and everything. And then now it's, I find something that's just like, I'm numb to it. Like, oh, I found something again. You know, and you start to lose a part of yourself and it starts to become 
oh, it's not such big of a deal. It's just messaging. Whereas in the beginning, you know, like where your standard was. Mm -hmm. So absolutely, I've lost a part of myself. I've lost a huge amount of self-worth of viewing myself as being enough. I feel like I give so much to the relationship that I'm left feeling empty. And then like asking for a hug or just reaching out for that affection because I feel so neglected. And then hearing no, like, no, I don't want to give you a hug right now. No, I don't want to give you affection. Just feeling like completely alone in in all of it. (laughs) You talked about losing yourself. And I think part of losing yourself is you start to question, well, is he right? Am I crazy? Am I overreacting? And so I wonder, how do you think a sane person would respond to what's going on? I try to be very logical and reasonable in all of our discussions. Even when I'm talking to him and I'm raising my voice and he says, look at you, you're out of control. Like you're raising your voice. You're completely out of control. I'm thinking, Any sane person dealing with these issues would have a raised voice. Any person who has feelings would have a raised voice. I I don't think that I'm out of control. He keeps telling you that you're out of control, but his behavior is so out of control. And so his presentation might look different from yours, right? So you're reacting to these big feelings that you're having as a result of what's going on. And he's presenting himself as the sane one, as the one who's contained, as the one Mm -hmm. who's in control. But his behavior says something else, don't you think? Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. I think that often he's kind of projecting, like, I know that this is absurd behavior, but yeah, I'm going to project that upon you. And I very much feel like he knows that it's absurd. He knows it's unacceptable. I'm very glad to hear that you are quite clear that even when your voice is getting loud, given what's going on, you are entitled for your voice to be getting loud. And I'm so glad you see that. But in general, my concern is that he and the relationship are somehow way atop your priority list. And you and your emotional health, your feelings, your happiness is way down on that list. Do you feel ready to put yourself as a priority on that list? I've struggled with that. Honestly, it wasn't until this last discovery. So what happened is the counselor said, where are you at right now? And he said, I want to work on a relationship. I'm ready to work on a relationship. And then when he left, he gave me a big hug and kisses and I felt better, but not hopeful. And then literally 12 hours later, after we had left our counseling session, I found messages yet again to another woman. And I honestly think that that was the last straw. And at what point is it going to be enough for me to accept that I'm part of the pattern? And in order to change the pattern, I need to change my own behavior. And I'm trying to do that right now. I'm trying to prioritize myself. I'm trying to look in the future and see what do I want? What are my goals? And is this something that I want to continue for another seven years? Because it's really not. You know, Elena, 
here's a similarity between you and your husband. And I want to preface this by saying that change is really hard. And you know that change is really hard for your husband. But I also think change is really hard for you. And mm-hmm. you almost do to yourself what your husband does to you. So he says, I'm going to change. I'm going to do something about this. I want things to be better. And then he doesn't change. And you do that with yourself. Mm-hmm. When Guy was asking you, are you ready to prioritize yourself? I think part of you wants to, just like part of your husband wants to change. But another part of you isn't really keeping that promise. So I imagine that what you're doing is you're saying to yourself, you know, I'm going to prioritize myself. I'm going to show up and be present in this relationship in a way where I'm a real part of this. I'm not reacting to it, but I'm participating. And I think you make promises to yourself and then you don't keep them. So you're doing to yourself what your husband is doing to you too, which is I'm going to help myself and then you let yourself down. And what Guy is asking is, are you ready to stop letting yourself down? Are you ready to keep your promises to yourself? I mean, yes, I want to keep promises to myself. I feel like I'm so invested in a relationship. It's like to give up and to completely wash my hands of it is such a hard thing for me to say. I want to believe the best in him. I want to believe that he can change. I want to believe that when he says, I'm sorry, I'll stop, that he really means it this time. I'm less interested in whether he's going to stop because he hasn't shown you that he's going to do that. But I just wonder what you think is going to happen, given the path that you're on, if you keep going to couples therapy and you both say you want to, quote, work on the relationship, when you go to couples therapy, that's not a specific enough goal. When people come in and they say, I want to work on the relationship, that means nothing to a couples therapist. What we want to hear as couples therapists is we want to hear, what is each of you going to do to make the relationship better, not to get the other person to change, not to get the other person to do something differently, but what are you each going to do individually to make things better? But if you have this vague goal of we want to work on the relationship and then you keep doing the same things over and over, I don't see how this is going to change, and I wonder how you do. I don't feel like I know what to do to change other than leaving the relationship. Is that the only outcome? Like, I am open to suggestions and I am open to working on myself. I'm just thoroughly exhausted. (laughs) I'm exhausted, you know, from going through phones, from all the, the worry and everything. I don't know what else to do. Look, you have very good reason to be exhausted because you've been trying to fix something that takes two people by yourself. It's like trying to mount one of those giant TV screens with only one person. It's going to be tricky. And that's what you've been trying to do. And so it's exhausting because you're doing the work of two people, trying to mind read what you can do to maybe get him to change, what you can do to allow yourself to tolerate things more. When you said it's been seven years, and I don't want it to be another seven years, we're in the same place you are on the path of it being another seven years and maybe another 70. And because when couples need to recover from an affair, from multiple affairs, when they need to rebuild trust, 
it's absolutely possible to do, except that it requires two people working hard to create change. And you're exhausted, and your husband hasn't broken a sweat. And he's showing no signs of breaking a sweat. Even the admission that the affairs have been with men, he left up to you. So I'm not hearing anything that would indicate to me that he is willing to roll up his sleeves and do the significant amount of work it would take to get the relationship back on track. You cannot fix a relationship by yourself. No, I think you're dead on. <laughs> so let's think about this then. Would you be open to an open relationship? No. So you're clear on that? Yeah, I, I cannot. It's not something that I want for myself. I know that's just not who I am. So open relationship is not an option for me. So you're very clear that you don't want to be in an open relationship, but you're less clear about whether you want to be in a relationship that is full of betrayal. Uh, I don't know if that's true. I feel like I'm clear to tell him that I'm, I'm not accepting of these behaviors, that it hurts me, but I don't know if he just doesn't care or if it just doesn't click. I'm, I'm not sure. It doesn't really matter whether he doesn't care or it doesn't click. What matters is what you're left with. And when you say, I'm not accepting because it's so hurtful, you are accepting because not accepting means I won't tolerate it, I'll leave if this continues. Accepting means I'll be really upset, but I'll stay. And that's acceptance. I think part of why this is the predicament that you're in is because you're so isolated from any kind of social and emotional supports that you haven't spoken about this to anyone. You have been left alone, perhaps by his prompting or by your own feelings about it, but it's very difficult to really be clear about things when you don't have a sounding board. It's very difficult to really stay true to the promises you give yourself when there is no one to whom you have to be accountable. And so who do you have that theoretically could be a source of support for you? I have a great family. I'm particularly close with my mom. And at one point in one conversation, I was crying to her and she's like, you know, what could it be? Even in that moment, I couldn't bring myself, my loyalty to my husband, like couldn't even bring myself to tell my mother, whom I'm so close with. You're calling that loyalty. I wonder if that's really what loyalty is. Yeah, and, who, I, and I have no idea. Is it loyalty? Is it abuse? When someone's harming you emotionally on a repeated basis, it's not loyalty to allow them to keep doing it. Even today... He said to me, I will never leave you. That's more than you can say. Don't you feel left by him already? I'm not sure how much he is showing up at all in your marriage. Yeah, and, you know, I've made excuses for it. Like, oh, he suffers from a bad childhood. He has these hurts and traumas. But, you know, in the end, it's like when you... When you hurt someone, like, you know you're hurting someone. He has the bad childhood and the trauma, but how many blowjobs does he have to give to get over that? Apparently quite a few, and he's not done. Um, and, and the issue there is that he keeps orienting you towards what you're doing to him, 
what his needs are, what his feelings are. Your discussions are constantly about him. And if it's about you, then it's in an accusatory way that, well, you know, you, you can't say that you would stay or you're being crazy or you're out of control. He keeps bringing it back to him and him and him and him. And this is why you've gotten lost over seven years, because he doesn't talk about you and your feelings. He doesn't touch them other than to criticize you for having them and for being hysterical about them, even though what he's doing is so incredibly hurtful and provocative. He's telling you that to be loyal to yourself, to be protective of yourself, to prevent yourself from having further hurt is disloyal to him when he's the one causing the hurt. And, and that is manipulation on his part. And it's up to you to not fall for it. Yeah, that's easier said than done, Guy. I think the easier said than done part is that you're so focused on his trauma. There's something going on with you, too, in the sense of feeling like you will be validated if you can be the one to save him. You will feel special. You will feel like the chosen one, the the person who had the power to save him from something that you weren't even around for. You weren't around for his childhood. I don't know if you've looked enough inside in your individual work with the therapist about what is it about me that feels like if I just give enough love, this person will change? What is it about your history that makes you believe that? I mean, yeah, that's probably a whole other issue that requires a whole other call. Right. But the point is that you have some healing to do, too, not just from what happened here in the present in your marriage, but maybe something that came before that. You know, there's a saying that we marry our unfinished business. And I think you both have married your unfinished business, but you're not dealing with it. And all the focus is on his unfinished business. But I want you to think about making some room for yours, because whatever happens with this relationship or if you split up and you end up in a different relationship, this history that you're carrying around is going to come with you. And you're not going to want to get into a situation where you have this belief that you can fundamentally change another person because that won't be a happy relationship for you. Mm -hmm. So Elena, we have some ideas for you and it's in a couple of parts. Guy, why don't you start? We see no evidence that your husband is going to change his behavior. The fact that he held out for 12 hours before violating the promise he gave you is not impressive. When someone is really willing to make a change and to take accountability for their actions, it's a very profound moment. And he's not in the ballpark. And we're more concerned about the fact that you might not be ready to change either. I think you're right. I think that I am very much holding on to the hope of change and I don't want it to end. But I think if I've ever been close to leaving, I am the closest now. We have some suggestions that might help you to um, increase your readiness if that's what you decide to do. And one of them is that it's easy to 
lose track of what's really going on without having some kind of accountability. We think you should choose somebody in your life where the secret is out, meaning here's everything that is going on on a day-to-day basis. Because I think that just as he can compartmentalize what's going on, you've been compartmentalizing it too. And when things are better, you kind of forget about the other stuff that's happening. And so if you can find one person to whom you tell everything, that person can help your perspective so that you aren't just seeing things through your husband's eyes, but that you have somebody who's seeing what is really going on and can be a reminder to you. And while you have that person, it's important that you have the accountability to yourself too. And I wonder if you can keep some kind of journal of everything that's going on so that whenever you have these moments of, well, maybe my love will save him or maybe it will change, you can just open that journal and say, okay, look what happened in the last week, (laughs) right? Look what happened in the last two months after this promise was made Mm -hmm. or that promise was made. And that way you really have a record of what's going on that can serve as a reality check for you. Mm -hmm. I've actually been keeping a journal of arguments and things that have come up and He's used that against me as saying that I don't want to move forward because I want to journal it and reflect on the past and hold grudges. So, <laughs> But here's the thing, Elena. He, anything you do is fodder for him to criticize. Unless you are completely happy to go along with whatever then he has a criticism of what you're doing. Whenever you think of what you can do you automatically imagine what his response would be, even if he's not had it yet. Well, he'll say this, he'll accuse me of that. You need to start doing what's important for you and anticipate that he'll have criticisms, he'll blame you, and when the time comes, he'll blame you for the marriage not working out, not himself, because he was willing to stick it out as long as he can keep doing what he's doing. So there's no way around that. But when you're journaling, did you write down what happened and how you felt about it, or just what happened? I try to be honest with myself. I try to be unbiased. I try to write literally what happened. Do you write down, and when this happened, I felt blank. When that happened, I felt blank blank. We would like you to to do that. Insert between every incident how it made you feel in the moment thereafter. Your emotional reality is as important a reality as the facts of what actually happened, and that's being missed right now in the journaling. Now, just one one other thing. We we said that we, we want you to be transparent with one person in your life, that there's one person who cares about you, that you don't hide your pain from. Who can that be? Probably my best friend. I feel like she's very honest and open with me. What have her thoughts been about what's going on? She's, whatever you decide, I'll be here for you. She doesn't really judge me. I mean, she obviously doesn't agree with the behaviors or the actions, but she knows that eventually I'll come to my terms and make a decision for myself. And I think you have to preface this with her by asking if she will take on that role with you. Because... 
you want to let her know there's a frame for this, which is that I'm really struggling with this, and I feel like sometimes I lose perspective. Would you be willing to let me tell you everything that's going on so that when I do lose perspective, there's somebody else who has been witness to this, even by proxy? And and she may say no, but if she says yes, then she understands why you're telling her this. You're not telling her this so that she can then bash your husband, right? You're telling her this so that she can remind you of some of your history and some of the things that happened that you might be compartmentalizing. Do you feel overloaded or, or do you think you can take on one more task? No, I'm good. I can, I can take it on. We would like you to write a description on what life looks like in five years' time if you're in this marriage and what life looks like in five years' time if you're not. And you should write those at different times because they're different mindsets. Okay. And when you, when you write the one about what it's like if I'm still in this marriage in five years, we're basing that not on if something looks different from how it is now, but how it is now and how you feel about that still being in the marriage five years from now. Okay, so if it doesn't change and how I will feel in five years from now. Right, if, if no miracles occur. Okay. I mean, so with me finding my husband, having texted women just within hours of being in counseling, I've kind of already alluded to the fact that I'm done and I'm leaving and, uh, you know, he needs to basically be prepared for that. Uh, and that's why I took the weekend away to, to really gather my thoughts and what I want to do. And this interview couldn't have came at a better time, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really um, given me a lot of perspective because I don't want to stay here for another five years, you know, looking through the phones, emails, wondering where he's at. Like, I don't want to be there. So I feel like I already have that foot out the door. It's a toe, Elena. It's not a full foot. It's a, you have a toe out. We'd like you to add some toes to that one toe. Okay. I, I want to say one last thing. You're going to try the things that we suggested, and maybe it will help you to come to a decision, and maybe it won't. If you do come to a decision, we haven't given advice on how you might separate if that is what you decide to do. So right now we're just asking you to get a few more toes in there, try these things, and then report back to us and let's see how much clarity you have at that point. Okay. Thank you. Thank you guys for for all of your questions. It's really had me kind of reevaluate and delve in. So I really appreciate your time that you've taken to listen and hear me. So thank you. Well, thank you. and, And just know that we're cheering you on. Thank you. That means a lot, honestly. Thank you. So it's interesting because she was very much on the fence about it. She does have a toe outside. I would say a toenail. Yes. It's, yes. it's a sliver of something 
I think for people in these early stages of really solidifying a decision to leave, it's very much a waffling back and forth. It's a whole process. People imagine that change is something like you make a decision and then you change. And so much emotional preparation for these kinds of decisions goes into it. So people are thinking about it, but they don't even really know that they're thinking about it. And then they're in this contemplation stage, and then they're in the preparation stage, which is where she is right now, somewhere between contemplation and preparation. And then there has to be the action phase, and then there's the maintenance phase. Sometimes people will make a decision, like, I'm going to stop having affairs, or I'm going to leave this person. But then the person texts them at three in the morning and the next thing I know, they're back in that relationship. So that's the maintenance part. And so I think she's very early on. She's been thinking about this for a while, but I think she's still very early on in the process. And I, what I would hope for her is to learn more about herself and why she feels like she can save this person and why that's important to her and why she would give up her selfhood in the service of another person and get nothing in return. I think those are things that she's going to have to explore once she gets out of the situation because it's so clouded by the drama and the anxiety of what's going to happen next and where is he and why isn't he home. You, you can't really think about yourself when all you can think about is what's happening with him. And when you're in a relationship with somebody who gaslights, there's a recovery you have to go through because you're perceptions have been distorted, your sense of self has been diminished. And so it's the recovery, it's the exploration of why she was prone to be in this situation in the first place, what happened in her life that set her up to be in this kind of situation. There's a lot of work she has to do on herself. Right. One of the things that people realize when they're in a long-term relationship is that part of it is about what the other person is doing, but part of it is about the things that they haven't worked out for themselves, too. So when we talk to her next, what do you think she's going to tell us? I think she's going to say that it was helpful for her to have something on paper and to talk to her friend, that it will be a relief in some way. But I also think there's something that is making her very afraid of leaving her entire world is him. And so if he goes away, I don't think she knows who she is outside of him. I think that's very true. And I think that's very scary for her. I also think that he has convinced her that her leaving is an act of absolute betrayal. So I'm not expecting something drastic to happen. But I expect that when it does happen for her, it will happen quickly. She says, you know, it was the last straw. Oh, she's got lots more straws coming. But when it will be the last straw... I think then she'll be like, okay, now there's no turning back. I agree. I see so much in therapy that the way people change is gradually and then suddenly. And I think that will happen with her too. You're listening to Dear Therapist from iHeartRadio. We'll be back after a quick break. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career 
And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Guy Winch. And I'm Lori Gottlieb. And this is Dear Therapist. So, Laurie, we heard from Elena, and we gave her a lot to do, so let's see how that went. So, I took your instructions and was documenting just things and how it made me feel. And then also, I shared with a friend and then basically explained to the counselor and my husband about where my line in the sand was and what changes needed to happen if the relationship were to continue. Obviously, when you do something like that, then the person is naturally going to feel like they're given an ultimatum, which makes them very defensive. And so there was a lot of resistance with that. However, he's agreed. And so we met with a specialist with, I don't want to say a sex addiction, but in that area, you know, and that was really enlightening and eye-opening. And after the conversation is even more now open to finding help in that area, like a sponsor, mentor to help hold him accountable, and also someone who's maybe walked in his shoes a little bit better where he can maybe confide in and a meeting with the sex counselor. His question is, is it an addiction or is it a choice that I'm making because it's something of who I am and what I enjoy? And they're walking us through the steps like, okay, if it is, then that's fine. But you need to be honest with your wife and yourself and say that's the choice you're making and that's something that isn't always easy to hear because uh, obviously you want people to choose you (laughs) but at the end of the day I love him enough to not want him to to be something that he's not we were talking in our therapy session you know you always knew that it was wrong why did you keep doing it and he's like maybe she might find out but she wouldn't leave And now that I know that this is it, this is her tolerance, now I know I have to either do something different or she will leave. So that's kind of where we're at right now. Thank you guys for your time and um, everything that you've done for me. I appreciate it. So I was really proud of her. 
I think that given where she was and then what she accomplished in just a couple of weeks, that's pretty amazing. What she's done is a huge step forward. She's not fully there yet by any means, but she's she's tasted what it's like to take the power back in the relationship and in her life. And she didn't have that flavor before. And now she does. And so I'm hoping she can do something with it. And there's this other piece that I think they both have to do something with that they aren't really talking about because they're focusing on the addiction and the monogamy, which is, is he bisexual or is he gay? And is he really exploring that? Because it may be that what he's struggling with is this Sophie's choice that he really loves Elena and wants to be with her. And he may also be feeling like he has to push down this other part of his identity, which has to do with his sexual orientation. And so it's not just about, are you going to stop the behavior, but it's about what is actually going on here And are you going to actively explore the roots of it now? Because I am not okay with how things are going. Well, exactly. And I think that her not being okay with how things are going has to continue in the sense of the pressure that she puts on him to continue or even perhaps begin that exploration. Because now that her eyes are open to what's going on, to what the possibilities are, they also have to be open to it's possible that that is going on with her husband. And if he's not exploring that, she has to push him to do that. Yeah. And I think that once people experience that kind of eye-opening, hey, there's something else out there, all of a sudden, I think they they build on that. And so we were saying maybe she had a toenail in the water or a toe in the water. Mm-hmm. I think now she's got a couple of toes in the water. And I think she's she's going to have her foot in the water very soon. Hey, fellow travelers, if you've used any of our advice from the podcast in your own life, send us a quick voice memo to Laurie and Guy at iHeartMedia.com and tell us about it. We may include it in a future show. That brings us to the end of our show for this week. Thank you so much for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to rate and review it. You can follow us both online. I'm at LaurieGottlieb.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at LaurieGottlieb1 or on Instagram at LaurieGottlieb underscore author. And I'm at GuyWinch.com. I'm on Twitter and on Instagram at GuyWinch. If you have a dilemma you'd like to discuss with us, big or small, email us at LaurieAndGuy at iHeartMedia.com. Our executive producer is Christopher Hasiotis. We're produced and edited by Mike Johns. Special thanks to Samuel Benefield and to our podcast fairy godmother, Katie Couric. Next week, a man estranged from his daughter for 25 years wants a chance to reconnect. She said, I changed my mind. I don't want you to come to my wedding. And I just asked her, why are you doing this? And she said to me, you weren't there for my teenage years. The last several years that I was growing up, you just weren't in my life. I said, I wasn't in your life because you kicked me out. Dear Therapist is a production of iHeartRadio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, 
simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.